On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about our week one matchup against the Minnesota Vikings with our special guest, Skull.News. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at The Packers Pod. And with that, let's go pack. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Week in America. It's here. As we record this kickoff for uh, week one is in like 10 minutes, and I am so amped up. (laughs) I might be asleep by the end of the first quarter, but that opening kickoff, there's just nothing sweeter. I just want to hear the national anthem. Let's go. Let's talk sports. It's it is crazy. Like I I really have no interest in the Chiefs and Texans at all. Like I, I think they're fun teams to watch, but I, I have never been this excited for a game that didn't involve Packers. Wasn't a playoff implication game. Like I am I'm ready. I'm ready for football to be back. I hope it doesn't wild. suck with no crowd. Yeah, it's wild with no preseason too, because nobody knows what any of these teams look like. And normally you expect Mahomes to be coming in for one drive and then watching backups the rest of the night. This is real. This counts. This is wild. So let's jump right into it. The the awesome news, knock on wood, I'm sure it won't last forever, that our injury report is pretty much clear for this, this week. The only person that ended up not practicing on Thursday was Mercedes Lewis, which was, I guess, old man rest. Uh, a few transactional things in terms of bringing in some players. And then, Dan, would you like to make an announcement for Mr. Light? Sayonara. <laughs> so with that it opens up we're, we're knocking on the door of 10 million dollars in cap space which is actually pretty sizable that could become uh very very handy as we've talked about whether you want to look at linebacker crew d-line wherever uh you know already our positions that we're a little off on but let's talk about this season as a whole how do we think this packers team ends up as a as a record, do they make the playoffs? How far do they get? And then let's talk about our Super Bowl picks. You know, before before we do this, I did want to say one thing. I just want to say how happy I am we're going into the season with such little injuries. Uh, back in Mike McCarthy's, back in Mike McCarthy's track record has been good for his podcast. Oh, gosh, it really has, and everything we say <laughs> comes true. But anyways, uh, no, but. I really do think that we made a change with how we are training these guys and they are not coming into the season injured anymore. There were a lot of problems with McCarthy's years with we're coming into the season. We're down our starters, you know, Um, so it's it's very refreshing to see. But yes, let's get into our picks. I do wonder if there's going to be a bit of how you normally see a bunch of season ending injuries in the first couple of weeks of preseason because it's the first time they're playing other teams. I wonder if you see that. I'm not wishing for it against anybody, uh, but it'll be interesting to follow. We, we were good with the injury bug last year in general, and in, you know, so far so good. So hopefully the league stays healthier on average. But yeah, picks. Packers fans, hold on tight. I think the national media is going to have a fun time talking about the Packers and Rodgers' decline for the first 
nine weeks, and that includes the week five bye week, I think there's a very good chance we start four and four. We've got a front-loaded schedule, at least on paper. Again, we know nothing about any of these teams on the field. But on paper, we've got some tough teams. If you go through it one by one, I think you go in there aggressively and optimistic or you go in there conservatively thinking maybe we got some things to work through. Either way, I keep coming out of that first eight games, four and four. But then I love the back half of the schedule. I'm a lot more comfortable with that where, yeah, we're not so happy the first half of the season. But if we can come out at 500 and stay healthy, I think we make up for it in the back half. We finish 10 and six and we make the playoffs. You know, you bring up some great points and, you know, I can easily see why. I mean, the Packers are one of the playoff teams from last year that are predicted not to make the playoffs again this year um, by a lot of people. Um, and and I can easily see how you can see that, because you can look at our schedule if you're not a Packers fan and go uh, eight and eight, you know, maybe, you know, maybe maybe nine wins um, if you're being realistic, you know, and, you know, now things will happen. People will get injured. You know, the end of the season won't look the same that it does now. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find out what teams are real and what teams aren't. Um, but, yeah, for my pick, I think we'll still have a s- strong showing. I'm going with, you know, we pretty much have the same team as last year. Um, so it's pretty much just picking up where we left off um, and growing from there. Um, so I don't think we'll have as good of a record just because we are playing such a better talent this year, I think. Um, but I still think we have a strong showing finishing 11 and five. Um, I think, I, I think we'll, we'll be all right uh, within the division. Uh, I honestly, I don't think we lose in the division. I, I maybe Whoa. one loss, maybe one loss to the Vikings, but I, I honestly, this. I love that. I, I don't, I don't think anybody in our division can play up to our talent consistently. But I mean, it, it's 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 still to be seen, right? I just um, love our our resident Homer. He's always there. I'll be there, baby. I'll be there. Um, and if we just average less than four point seven yards per game, giving up rushing yards, you know, I I think we'll. How can't we be better if we can just stop the run a little better? Because we have the same guys. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because if we look back at our, our schedule last year, I thought we we also when we were talking about it for for Badger weekend, we were all down in Tampa. We were looking at the Chicago, Minnesota's games to start. Then we had a Philly Dallas back to back. Then we had a Kansas City game mm-hmm. and it ended up just working out well in terms of we only lost one game and it was in, against Philadelphia that we probably should have won. Um, and it goes back to this is going to be such a weird year. Somebody is going to get COVID. There's going to be something injury-wise that that sneaks up. I have the Packers at ten and six. I I do think that if they start the season well, this this could turn into another one of those like holy crap, we got to thirteen and three, we got to twelve and four. But I think the realist in me thinks that one of these Minnesota games is going to be tough. We just Detroit. You can say they're <laughs> whether they're Super Bowl contenders or not. We absolutely go to their level every single time we play them. Um, that makes me a little nervous, but I, I, I do think that having 96% of the players back this year will give us such an advantage to start the season. It's a matter of how long can that go, how long will the schemes go, uh, and coming down to can LaFleur get this offense clicking? Is this finally the year that Pettin puts all the pieces perfectly in place? It should be very, very interesting. But 10-6, and six, playoff team, especially with that added uh, playoff spot, uh, I think the Packers make it. 
Um, and I hope they win a, a first round game at least. I think that's what we always ask for is let's get into the playoffs and then let's get a little bit further, which I would yeah. I'd be more than happy with this team right now. And, and that extra playoff spot is huge. So seven teams are getting in this year and only one gets the bye week. So I'd, I'm uh, I'm conceding the bye week is not something we're going to contend for. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think with 10 and six, you'll be in. So with that, let's talk about Super Bowl predictions. What is the matchup that you guys are thinking it's going to be? And who ends up taking home the crown? I can't wait to hear Josh's. Let me just go first so I can get it out of the way. It's coming. It's coming. Packers. (laughs) Packers. No, not the Packers. But uh, I I do expect the Titans to break through this year, especially with the Jadavian Clowney and – uh, pick up uh, at the defensive end to help out with pass rush. Um, plus Vic Beasley from Atlanta that they picked up in the off season. I think that'll help out their pass rush and they'll, they'll break through the only thing. The, the, so the, the only way that they make it though, is if Baltimore beats the chiefs. So if they have to play the chiefs, they don't make it, but if they play Baltimore, they make it. That's my prediction. Um, <laughs> very specific, it's very, very specific how the Titans can make it. It's like you're flipping um, over tarot cards. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the only way they make it is because of the seventh. Yeah. The only one by, but anyways, and then the NFC team, I think it's the 49ers. I, I honestly think that defense is stacked. Um, I, I just how they do their offensive play calling, um, how, how he goes about just getting his team ready every game. Um, I, I just don't think in the NFC, I don't see a lot of people, maybe the Cowboys keeping up with the 49ers that it, it drops off after the 49ers a little bit to, to, you know, the Packers level to the Tampa Bay level, you know? So I, I just don't think anybody in the NFC can keep up with the 49ers this year. Very interesting. I thought about this for a while. Uh, I, I think part of me really wanted to pick Baltimore just because I think with the experience they grow, but I'm actually going to say the Kansas city chiefs go back because Tariq Hill wasn't healthy. They added to their backfield. I just, this team just seems like one of those teams that they have so many skilled players and their defenses has become almost underrated in a way. If they can get clicking like they did towards the end of the last season, I, I just think they had this mojo that that uh, Andy Reid magic finally broke through. Let's see what they can do. NFC is definitely tough, uh, and I agree with you. It's easy to think that San Francisco could put together what they did last year because if you think of their draft, they also got a lot of draft picks that are real, real quality too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's something interesting about New Orleans just because their offense is is something to be scary. Uh, and I can't believe Mike McCarthy has a freaking chance to get to a Super Bowl. That damn you, Dallas. Uh, but to be different, I am going to say New Orleans versus Kansas City, and Kansas City is going to go back to back. It's good job, man. I think we all ended up with different teams without even planning ahead. Uh, so I wanted to do something different. I just couldn't do Chiefs Niners, even though they both look so good on paper in their respective divisions. Uh, when you look at the Ravens and their salary cap cap they went all in this offseason they signed anybody and everybody they could think of from a culture perspective they let go of earl thomas saying we're in this to win it if you're not part of the team you're out hardball's always been a good coach a quality coach for them uh i think the ravens show up and show out lamar gets his his playoff win and gets a few more and they end up in the super bowl 
And then NFC, such a hard time picking that one, like we all said. I I ended up with the Seahawks. Strong defense, and if you tell Russell Wilson to go win a game, he goes and wins a game. I I wouldn't enjoy watching that, specifically after our time in Vegas, uh, beating them and the Seahawks fans. (laughs) The Seahawks fans were no fun to be a part of. Uh, But that's my prediction. I'm standing behind it. I think Baltimore is interesting because it almost has – it's really, really weird that people were on Mahomes. Like, is he going to win a big game? It's like he's been in the league for three years. What's going on? I feel like Lamar's in that same way where they're like, is he going to win the big game? It's like it's not like he's a 10-year vet. He's still young. He's still growing into the game. I think that's a great pick, and I wouldn't doubt that that's the the final two as well. Baltimore's up there on one of the teams that I'm just so interested to see how Lamar does, you know, because those running quarterbacks, it's always year two. You really find out what type of quarterback they are. Do they actually read the defenses? I mean, year two starting, you know, you know, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, do defenses pick up on him or does he actually change his game to outsmart the defenses? So I can't, I can't wait. Can't wait. So with that, we're going to start talking about week one we have made it and it couldn't have been a bigger game to start the season so with that we need a little extra help so we reached out to Derek one of the guys over at skull.news he's our insider for the Vikings and our new best friend uh on the Twitter world so hey Derek how are you good how are you guys doing good good thanks good. for coming on uh we've had some good banter in this very short amount of time uh, it just only kind of adds fuel to the fire that it's Packers Vikings in week one. So we'll start it off easy with you. How are you feeling about this Vikings team coming into this season? Um, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, the crazy thing is that we've lost quite a few people though. Um, and we haven't really brought in too many people. So I do think with Zimmer, we're going to have a good squad still because he's usually puts together pretty good teams. But I mean, just from this, point of how many people we've lost i think it's going to be tough to kind of replicate what we've done the past couple of years thank you, you know, for admitting that. yeah thank you and and with with that being said what what uh position you know what position are you most worried about that you guys lost people at well i know you guys were trash in the secondary on the last <laughs> podcast but, I mean, our, our offensive line is by far the scariest part of this team um our offensive line has been bad for years now and we go ahead this offseason and cut probably one of our best offensive linemen and josh klein and then we've brought in no one to replace any of our starters i mean it's just it's been a scary group for a while here and the vikings have done nothing to address it and i think it's just gonna it's gonna be hard to you know keep cousins keep a clean pocket for cousins and you know i'm hoping that, you know, Kubiak designed some plays here to roll them outside. But the offensive line is definitely going to be pretty scary this year. Yeah, I went to NC State, and when they picked up Bradbury, I thought he was going to fit in. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Kenny Clark ate his lunch. Derek, talk, talk to us, though. Like, what are you hearing out of training camp? Like, what are some of the positive storylines? What As the Packer listenership that we have, you know, what's something we need to be watching out for? So as far as like the secondary goes, I mean, we lost Xavier Rhodes, Trey Wayans, and Mackenzie Alexander, who were three starters for us last year. But the crazy thing with that is, you know, we got guys, Jeff Gladney, Cam Bansler, Holton Hill, and Mike Hughes. And our cornerbacks are a super young group, 
but all these guys have come to play this year. I mean, Cam Dancer was a third-round pick for us this year, and he looks incredible. I mean, he's been shutting down Thielen and Camp, and I don't, you know, I think it's going to be a tough test for them. You know, week one going up against Adams, and I know you guys don't have much outside of Adams, but I think this quarterback quarterback group has a lot of potential, but... It's, you know, Dan- they are going to go for their tough test, but I do like what I'm seeing from the cornerback group. So if, if Dantzler's been shutting down Thielen, is Dantzler the response to Devontae? Because he, he loves playing the Vikings. See, I think so. Obviously, the unofficial depth charts come out, and I don't really buy into those because I think right. they just put what people want to see on those. And Dantzler's actually pretty buried on the depth chart right now, and I think they're going to roll out with Holton Hill on Devontae Adams, which, I mean, Holton Hill is kind of an unknown at this point, and, I mean, I'm curious to see how that goes, but it's going to be an interesting situation to see how these cornerbacks line up against Adams. It is interesting because I, I think we can admit on this podcast the Vikings secondary is always pretty good. Like, it's always been a strong unit, mm-hmm. and I I do think that there's going to be quite a learning curve this year for you guys. But you talked about the youth. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings two or three years from now are right back where they were for for a decade, pretty much, of just a stellar secondary that it's always fun to watch. And I hope at some point we draft or or pick up receivers that continue this arms race. But uh, I do think it's an awesome spot for the Packers to kind of take advantage of this Vikings group. Yeah, and I mean, I know as far as the Packers go with wide receivers, you guys brought in a couple free agents, but really, other than that, you guys haven't done anything to address that wide receiver position, so I'm kind of curious to see how that goes for you guys this year. Derek, we, we've talked about it a little bit, but the our depth chart came out for the Packers, and the only differences are essentially Christian Kirksey at middle linebacker. Uh, Robert Tanyan is going to be our starting tight end, but he was on the roster. The offensive line has switched around a little bit. The defense is the same. Just insert Christian Kirksey for Blake Martinez. So, yeah, there's no change in Packerland, which is is a a double-edged sword, right? In the land of COVID, maybe no change can be a good thing. There's no preseason. It's it's the same coaches for the Packers. But no change in the NFL also scares us. Because I don't feel like you can just stand still in the offseason and and grow. And 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 they were 13-3 and three last year, but a lot of close games. So we're with you. I, I think we're going to be in a dead heat for the NFC North title. Um, but a lot will be spoken for in week one. It, it's going to be a, a great matchup. Now, I was just going to say, I know these uh, Bears and Lions fans are talking big game here. And they think they're going to take this division. <laughs> and I still think it's a two-team race here. I mean, those teams aren't even coming close to sniffing those first two spots. I do think it's going to be a close race between the Vikings and Packers here. Amen. I don't know where all this Lions love is coming from, but it's ridiculous. Not Lions. Maybe the Bears defense. That's about it, though. Right? No, the Lions are getting picks on Athletic and ESPN for oh, Patricia as Coach of the Year, and maybe the Lions win the NFC North. They're for sure getting into the playoffs, though. It's like, what? Oh, hey, are these huh? the Detroit Lions? <laughs> we'll see. This is how the Lions start every year, though. Yeah. Yeah. Always good on paper. Yeah, I, I did want to ask you, are, are there any other new players? You were talking about the corner, you know, young corners. Uh, but what other uh, young players, first, second-year players, are expected to break out for the Vikings this year, do you think? Honestly, I think, like, I'll go through 
kind of quickly just like what the Vikings have lost and what they've kind of brought into this team just to give you an idea of, you know, the 2020 Vikings that you're going to see. I mean, it's definitely going to be a new look to this team. I mean, we've lost our offensive coordinator and our defensive coordinator this offseason. Kevin Stefanski is with the Browns coaching head coach there. George Edwards is our defensive coordinator, and he's now with the Cowboys. And then we lost, you know, Everson Griffin, Stephon Diggs. I mentioned before, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander. And then we also lost Jaron Kurtz, Anderson Dejo, Josh Klein, and Linval Joseph. So, I mean, just on paper, you look at how many people the Vikings lost. It is kind of scary. That's ridiculous. And really, really the only people that we've brought into this team are – I mean, Gary Kubiak will be our offensive coordinator, which I think actually is probably an improvement from Sosansky. He was here last year just kind of as like an assistant role. But then we brought in uh, Yannick Ngakwe, which is just that trade we just made. And then mm-hmm. we brought in Justin Jefferson and Tajay Sharp are probably the only players that are even going to make a difference this year outside of those young corners that I talked about. So we've lost quite a bit of depth and – I do think a lot of them were probably the right time to move on from. Maybe not Stefan Diggs, but he kind of forced his way out of here. But it's a, it's going to be a new group, and it's going to be definitely a new-look Vikings, and I'm kind of curious to see how Zimmer coaches this team and see what he gets out of them. I'm super interested in Justin Jefferson's impact, specifically in Week 1 as a Packer fan. Like, How does a rookie with no preseason make an impact? You know, Catch a couple screen passes, I get that, but how do you – end up on the same page as Kirk Cousins, a veteran in the league, facing an NFL defense you haven't seen, schemes you haven't seen. I don't know how he makes an impact in week one. I'm excited for his career, but it's too early, isn't it? Yeah, and if and if yeah. he's slot too, Shannon Sullivan's going to be all over him for the first game. So it, that'll be interesting. Well, that's what I, I love. I, Derek, we've had some conversations that I do, none of us feel like the Stefan Diggs loss is being talked about in the, enough in the national media. And if you look at the Packers secondary, we've got two pretty good corners. Jair is a, a true number one. Kevin King is trying to state that he's number one. We'll see this year if he actually is. Uh, but without Diggs, now they sort of can take turns – covering Thielen and just let the other guy who's great take care of Jefferson or Tajay Sharp or whoever it might be, which I'm excited about. It lets our terrible run defense focus on Delvin Cook. So I feel like we just pound that box with eight guys and just let our corners go man on man and, you know, maybe play one safety over the top. And I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I I don't see our defense giving up much. They're just going to cramp that box and make sure Delvin doesn't get going. No, and I, I agree with you, and I think I don't think the Diggs loss is being talked about enough. I uh, I think Vikings fans are still kind of salty about the way he kind of forced his way out of here, and everyone thinks, you know, Justin Jefferson's the next Stephon Diggs, and I mean, I think he's talented enough to become Diggs, but I mean, it's still going to be quite a big step back for the Vikings here. I mean, Jefferson is not going to step on the field week one and produce the same as Diggs has. So I, I'm i looking forward to seeing what Justin Jefferson becomes. But, I mean, even with just how that this offseason has gone and with no preseason games, I do think it's going to take a little bit to get him on the same page with Cousins. And actually, the, the Vikings' number two wide receiver right now is B.C. Johnson. And so he's a seventh-round pick from last year and, you know, he scored a couple touchdowns and 
didn't make too much of an impact, but he's been the clear-cut wide receiver, too, throughout all of camp, and mm. he's going to be probably on the outside working with Thielen week one. And So, I mean, I'm looking for a huge step up from him, but this wide receiver group is really deep for us, but it's kind of it falls off after that wide receiver one. Packers by 50. <laughs> it is it is really crazy hey, that I I don't know I mean you always want to face a team when they're they're at their best to prove what you can do but I don't know if there's ever been a flukier kind of situation than what we're going to see in week 1 of A US Bank Stadium completely empty uh your veteran defensive player and Hunter not playing. Your second best technically defensive player is been there for about eight days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I. It's just this. It's going to be such a, a a twilight zone game where you just go, holy crap! This is the worst probably case situation for the Vikings. Uh, I think if this is week seven, it's a completely different outlook, but. Man, this is just going to be a wild game that I, I do think that Zimmer will have a big effect because he's got to prep somehow, some way for, for this Packers team coming in with a whole lot of mojo on their side compared to what Vikings have had to deal with over the last week or so. Yeah, and Kyle right. Rudolph did come out today, I believe it was, and said that he thinks the Vikings are the most ready they've ever been for a week one game, which is kind of surprising for me to hear that from him because it's just been such a weird offseason that. I think that's, you know, a tough task to live up to to getting them fully prepared like that. But no, I do, I do like our defense still. I think we got, I still think we have two good DNs. We have two good linebackers and two good safeties. So I mean, we still got pieces that can contribute at every level. And I was yeah. really looking forward to seeing Ngakwe and Hunter being able to, you know, get in there and rush the pass, rush the pass, and really take pressure off of our secondary, but I mean, now we're going to be rolling into the game with Ngakwe with, like you just said, has been here for, you know, about a week, a little bit more. And then we got Afadi Adenabo on the other side. And I think he's a really good young player, but you know, he's not a Neil Hunter. That's for sure. Derek, just get excited when it's third and eight and the Vikings put Ngakwe on the left side of the D line on our offensive lines, right side. Because that's going to be a, a source subject for the Packers fans. That right tackle is just a, a rotating group of men at this point. So that that's where he needs to feast. It, you know, matching up against Bakhtiari is going to be fun to watch from a like a scouting perspective. But you got to get Ngakwe on the left side of the defense for passing down. Are you uh, are the Packers rolling out with Billy Turner or Rick Wagner? Do you guys know? So Billy Turner was back at practice today, but. Uh, Outside of that, Rick Wagner's been practicing for the last week or two, so he might be in the lead as the starter, but I don't know even know who's better at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let it roll. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, too, from the Vikings' standpoint, if they're going to put Ngakwe up against that right tackle and just let him eat, or if they're going to try to you know, put a Fadi over there and then put Ngakwe over against Bakhtiari and let him try to win those battles on the left side and – I, the good I news like is Ngakwe, I would like to see Ngakwe just go to town on your right tackle, but we'll yeah. <laughs> the good news is we're gonna play all four tight ends and they're just gonna have five yeah. guys against Ngakwe. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we we've been playing nice for long enough. Before we get your prediction for the game, on a scale of a lot to a lot a lot, how overpaid is Kirk Cousins? 
Not he's not overpaid. Not oh. <laughs> not at all. You guys are gonna sit here and bash Kirk Cousins. Oh, the Homer I mean, you just came out. Statistically, Cousins outperformed Rodgers in every area last year. Oh goodness. Oh, it's gone. You wanna you want me to drop some stats on you? <laughs> were, were you the guy on Twitter on a Friday night that was just living in his basement dropping stats I've never heard of on us? <laughs> Hey, I might have been. <laughs> no, we don't need the stats. But, no, uh, I, it is. This. That's good. It is crazy. I I love getting, giving Kirk Cousins crap. He's like the perfect nerd to do it to. Uh, I think he's a great game game manager, though. And it should be really, really interesting to see uh, that. I, I forget who brought up on the Packers side, but he, he likes to thread the needle a little bit. And it should be interesting to see what happens if this receiver crew isn't quite what it needs to be, um, at least with the, the loss of digs. But at the end of the day, you have Rudolph and we can't cover tight ends either. So maybe this, this doesn't matter whatsoever. But with that, let's hear your prediction for this game. Who wins? What's the score? And I'm, I'm assuming you're going to pick the Vikings. And if they do win, who is your MVP? I'm going to I'm gonna bring this back real quick because i got to fit this in. i got one question for you guys. So, I mean, I think, it's, uh, I think it's pretty clear that Aaron Rodgers has taken a step back in these last couple of years. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but I, he's just not the Aaron Rodgers that we know yeah. of in the past. And I just want to get your guys' opinion on what kind of type of Aaron Rodgers you think we're going to see this year. Revengeful Aaron, which is the best Aaron. Yeah, he's single. Uh, he's pissed <laughs> off. And he's in shape. And he's so, found his uh, inner chi as well. He seems very I, happy in training camp, and it's weird. His yeah, this is the are, loosest I've ever seen him by far. By far. He just seems – I don't know if that's complete FU mode, if we've hit that level where he's just like just going to wing it even more. But it's very – it's a different that. demeanor. Well, it's a different and, demeanor and, for sure. And our big, our biggest worry is just how him and Lafleur continue to grow together. You know, it does – does the offense actually become what Lafleur wants it to be fully, or does Rodgers take control at the line and continue to change things to the way he wants? You know, it's because Lafleur loves to operate with a game plan um, and you know plays that set up other plays. Um, and if Rodgers is disrupting that by changing that, you know that's that's what I'm interested to see this year if that if that cohesion sort of becomes, you know, more polished yeah. this he year. He needs to play within the offense and play from the pocket. He loves extending plays and trying to look for the, the bigger ball, the deeper shot, the more open guy. And LaFleur is just going to scheme guys open. He, he's mm-hmm. got all these tight ends to play tricks on defense. Rodgers just needs to get the ball out on time. And he's got Devontae as, as a safety net, you know, if anything goes wrong. So if he buys into this offense, uh, he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. I'm not saying he's going to go back to, you know, MVP level, considering where Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are. But uh, I, I think the Packers can be very good if he just buys into the offense. It is sad. Last year was sad. There were some sad Rodgers moments. Yep. Oh, yeah. yep. That's- <laughs> we, but they were we good were ones, too. We there were good ones, too, though. <laughs> so, Derek, we got to know. What is your prediction for the game, and who is your MVP? Going into my prediction, I'm, of course, going with the Vikings here. <laughs> I uh, I talked a little crap about the Vikings, but I'm a realistic Vikings fan, but not a chance. I'm not taking the Packers. I got the Vikings winning this 
Ooh. By 10. 10. <laughs> oh, damn. Get off our podcast. <laughs> so so it, so for that to happen, who's your MVP? Who do you think is, is at the end of the game, they're like, this is the reason? I think Cook's going to come out and yeah. light it up. I think That's he's – I think he's hungry. I think he really wants that contract extension, even though he keeps saying that he's fine without it. I think for sure Cook is going to be the MVP of this game. I think they're going to throw it to him. I think they're going to hand it off to him, and I think he's just going to eat. Damn it. I hope not. <laughs> so, Derek, thanks for coming on. You can follow these guys over on Twitter at news. Uh Thanks for coming on. This has been good, and hopefully we can uh, reverse this in the future when you guys get your podcast rolling, and uh, appreciate your thoughts. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, Derek. Right. Go back. Thanks again to Derek from News for jumping on board. Make sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram if you ever want to know what's going on with those Vikings. So with that, let's turn our attention to what we think. Go around the horn. How does this game end up? What is the score? And who is your MVP? I'll I'll start. I really had, in my mind, I was thinking about being the contrarian and saying the Vikings win week one. Just with all the unknowns, I just wasn't quite sure about it. And then Daniil Hunter to the injured reserve. And I'm like, oh, game over. Now we win. They don't have two Pro Bowl pass rushers going against our weak right side of the offensive line anymore. So I went back and rewatched 2019 matchups. Devontae Adams feasted on this secondary. And this secondary is is young now and inexperienced. I think Devontae could easily have 10 catches. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out with 10 catches. Um, We're going to get... Uh, a little peek behind the curtains on what the run defense looks like, and I, I'm scared about that. But overall, you know, Zadarius lived in the backfield. He had three and a half sacks in Week 16 in our last matchup against them. Uh, they really controlled Kirk Cousins to the point that they did an end around, if you remember this, where Stefan Diggs gets the ball and tried throwing it to Kirk Cousins and missed him. And Kirk Cousins laid out trying to catch the ball, and it just looked ridiculous. <laughs> They were trying to do like the Philly special and it didn't work, which tells you that the defense has your numbers. When you got to go to to trick plays, the defense has your number. Um, I, I think we continue to have their number. I think we're going to sink into the box like we talked about with Derek and just focus on the run game. They don't have enough weapons anymore to beat us deep and, and be worried about leaving two safeties over the top. Uh, I got Packers twenty four to nine. I don't know how to get to nine. I don't know how to get to nine, but I like that number. They just get some field goals. That's that's pretty intense. I thought my pick was intense. Dang. I mean, I'm in the same direction. I think our I think Devontae Adams owns a secondary, even if our other wide receivers can't get open, whoever is lining up. Um, I also think that our run game, I think we will dominate that defensive line up the middle. They have two new guys. You know, it's it's no longer. You know, the defensive line that was really decent at stopping the run, even though last year Jones ate him up. Um, but historically, um, you know, my only only worry with the Vikings defense is their safeties. You know, they cover a lot of ground, um, you know, maybe coming out of nowhere, getting a pick the uh, week one with Rodgers yeah. being off with the wide receivers. But other than that, nothing scares me about this defense. Those linebackers um, are good. Bar I, Kendricks. 
We can handle them. I mean, we can handle them. I mean, <laughs> we, we, got, we got four tight ends. We, yeah, got, we, got, four, we got four tight ends. Hey, what? Two, two guys uh, can't cover four tight ends. <laughs> but, I mean, their offense, I am interested to see what our defense can do against them, too. I think we could shut them down. I'm not, I'm not surprised by your nine pick, uh, you know. So I think our defense has a chance to shut them down. But my, my overall uh, score prediction, 27-19, Packers win. Um, I think it's close at the beginning, you know teams figuring everything out um and getting getting the groove going um but i think eventually we just break away um and 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 the mvp of the game i'm saying it's Kirksey. i i, I think he's going to be our first interception of the year um I, I i think he has a chance to be the first sack of the year this guy is a playmaker at the middle linebacker position the more and more film i've watched at him i just think he is going to be something that we have been missing for the Packers for a long time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Blake Martinez was a solid inside linebacker, but this guy can actually make plays and make impact plays that help us on the other side of the ball. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I got. That was your C minus signing in the off season, by the way. I, D I know. minus D minus. D minus. I, I, I'm just, I'm just owning up to, I thought it was C minus. Wasn't it C minus? It was We'll low. check the tape. We'll check the tape. It was low. Yeah, we'll, ch- we'll check the tape. Roll it back. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> no, I, I agree with every single thing that has been said. I thought this was going to be an absolute uh, just nail-biter, and I thought that Vikings probably had the advantage coming into it. But I look at our edge is much better than their offensive line, and our our one receiver single-handedly, I, I think, is just hands above. And Adam's plays so well against the Vikings too. Like it's it's not one of these games that he never shows up. He he has a streak of what was it like seven games in a row with the touchdown. It's just unbelievable what he can do. So in a game where you have no strategy, you've got no film, you're just playing how you can play, it leans on those playmakers. And while yes, the Vikings have some, I actually think in this case, right now in the season week one, Packers have more. And if you'll remember, my hot take throwing this out there thing started this game last year where I said Kirk Cousins would have small hand syndrome and have two fumbles in which he had two fumbles. So I'm going to bring it back. And I know that any Vikings fan hearing this is going to roll their damn eyes again. Oh, yeah. But here's my prediction. I think our defense is going to feast on them. And – I think our offensive line is – we're going to say in the recap of this game, they held together much more impressively than we thought that they they could, that they did what they needed to do. Everybody stepped up their game. They took care of business. Bakhtiario was the man. Like it's just – I feel it. Kirk Cousins will have the same or more turnovers as Aaron Rodgers has sacks. That's my prediction for the game. He is going to be a liability purely because this defense is going to be hungry to attack. I have the Packers 30 to 17. Uh, I, I just think this is one of those games that if Jones gets out hot, if Adams gets out hot, but more importantly, if this defense is just unreal like it can be, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for a win in Week One. You know, and and Derek brought it up a little bit. I just this Vikings team, like we've been saying, is just so different. They've had a lot of depth in the past, in in the past few years, especially. So it'll be they have the talent as starters, 
Um, but it'll be interesting to see as they get later in games, you know, do are they as fresh? You know, are, are they as ready to go? Because they don't have the depth that they've had in the past. So, I mean, their starters look good on paper, but, you know, you can look good on paper all day. But what happens when you get on the field and actually get tired, get you get hurt? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the game plays out. I've got to say my MVP, Zadarius. Just watch them. If he doesn't have three sacks, it's going to be because they're double and triple teaming him and chipping him off the edge, and he'll pick something up. My MVP is Mr. Jair Alexander. I think he gets an interception, and he starts the season on fire, and that just leads into 16 beautiful weeks of Alexander becoming the man. So that will do it for this episode. I hope and I pray we are in a happy mood come Monday. But until then, thanks everybody. Go pack, go. Oh, 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 oh.